0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: Hi, welcome to Breaking Bread. This is the show where we explore food through culture, conversations and a whole lot of curiosity. I'm your host, Lo Jun, a food writer and recipe developer from the Jun & Tonic blog. And every week on this show, we dive deep into an aspect of food culture in Malaysia, and I bring in some food friends and experts to talk about it. Today, while we're smack bang in the middle of Chinese New Year with all the Chinese New Year festivities, we are talking about one of the most iconic CNY dishes that we have here in Malaysia. That's actually pretty unique to our country it's Yisang So to talk to us about Yisang today We have one of the most wonderful food historian in Malaysia Nadja Riffin. He's dug deep into the history of Yisang Finding out about its origins Trying to untangle the complex web of cultural ties That this festive dish has And he's going to tell us all about it on the show So happy Chinese New Year everyone And enjoy the episode Welcome onto the show. Thank you and happy Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> so you're actually, I think you're actually the first repeat guest we've ever had on, on the Breaking Bread show. Uh, so welcome back. Thank you. Um, but to those who haven't heard our nasi Lama episode, mm. would you mind introducing yourself again and, and do no the problem. tough job of telling us what you do? Sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, Um, My name is Ahmad Najib Arifin, but uh, everybody knows me as Naj Arifin, uh, since my university days, in fact. And uh, I started off as an architect. Um, Officially, I'm still an architect, but I don't do design work anymore because I've been doing so many other things that interest me. Uh (laughs) And that includes um, historical studies, heritage studies, cultural studies, and that eventually brought me also into food history. So um, uh, I basically do whatever kind of research that clients request me to do. And it ends up as, uh, for example, as uh, reports or articles or university um, material for uh, education, things like that. That's, that's what I do freelance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a setup. It's called, very aptly, NAJ, Nusantara Academy of Development, Geocultures and Ethnolinguistics. But that's just the vehicle. <laughs> so
1: one of these uh, freelance articles that you've wrote about a few years ago was about Yi Sang, right? And yes. And exploring mm-hmm. the history behind that. Yes. Um, but just as an introduction, I'm sure many Malaysians are familiar with mm-hmm. the Yi Sang dish. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you
0: describe it? Okay. Now the the Yi Sang that uh, I would describe to let's say to foreigners because Malaysians know it is, it's basically a kind of. Um, a hodgepodge of various um, various things with the main attraction being fish, usually raw fish. Um, it could also be any other kind of um, seafood. Um, and of course, a lot of vegetables usually nicely chopped or shredded. And all these uh, are put together. Uh, in a in a nice big plate or or um, tray or something, uh, usually round, and um, there are sauces attached to it. Okay, um, the most popular being a kind of plum sauce, but I guess according to different families, they have different sauces for it as well. And so that's the basic ingredient of it. And of course, you can add add or subtract anything you want. The vegetables can really be just about anything uh, that is. Called a vegetable, mm. or even sometimes fruits, chopped mm. fruits
1: as well. But most commonly, it's like Julian, mm. radish, carrots, yes. turnip, turnip. Mm-hmm. Sometimes pickled papaya, even papaya. Wow, yes, oh, young papaya. Yeah, yes. young papaya. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was thinking
0: of the oh, ripe right, papaya, right, right. which is, is a no-no. <laughs> young papaya, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, in a sense, mm-hmm. it's almost like mm-hmm. a salad, right? Will you say it's yes, <laughs> or is um,
0: that an insult to you? So? No, no, it's not. <laughs> yes, um, some people do call it a salad but um somehow i don't quite see it so much as a salad because a salad is something a bit more staid that you eat alone ah. and i don't see Sang <laughs> as that kind of a salad although right. technically the the ingredients indicate that it is a kind of salad but I think it's more than a salad. Yeah, one, I guess one <laughs> differentiating factor is mm. the way it's eaten. Right? That's why I was about to say. Mm, talk no, to me about that. Yeah. Okay, now the special thing, because exactly like we were talking about, a salad exists everywhere. You know, every culture has salads. So the the thing that makes yisang different from other salads in quotation marks is the way it's eaten, and that's the special thing. And that's where, when even I went to China way back in um, two thousand. Uh, actually before 2010, I wrote the article in 2010, um, I didn't find a salad yisang type of dish that they ate in the way we do. Now, uh, these days, yes, if you go to some restaurants in especially Hong Kong, maybe parts of um, Guangzhou, you might find some restaurants that serve something like a yisang. But then even they will tell you that they took it from Malaysia or maybe Singapore. Okay, so uh, to describe it, uh, to, let's say, to foreign friends, the way it's eaten these days is quite unique in the sense that, okay, once everything that I mentioned earlier is already nicely placed in front of you and every everybody on the table is around it, you pick up your chopsticks and you start, and everyone, it's a free-for-all, you just mix it all up, mix it all up. And not only that, but you also um, raise, you know, we're using your chopsticks, you raise all those ingredients while mixing it up, raise it, and some people say as high as you can, and it's all tossed and mixed. And um, there's now even the um, the tradition that you also, in a way, like you you scream and shout your <laughs> prayers for the year. You know, I, things like I've that. done that many times. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's a really something very unique and. For those who are shy, you know, you really have to overcome your shyness to join in the merriment. <laughs> yeah. For that, you know, and it's for everyone, um, even non-Chinese Malays and Indians who partake of it, will also uh, do the same. And so, it's a it's a very muhibah mm. uh, Malaysian uh, Malaysian dish that has been enjoyed for at least now three generations. Mm. So that's the way it's eaten that makes it different.
1: Yeah, I remember so many times it's like. It's almost like a competition, right? Like who can yeah. who can bring it higher mm-hmm. and
0: toss it yeah. higher. Yeah, uh, and people don't get, don't get angry if it falls off the the side of the plate. That's you know, the point, I mean, that's, right? That's yeah, the whole point. I of mean, it. You understand, you know, um, that it's
1: part of the way it's eaten. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it well before twenty ten, you mm-hmm. went over to China. Uh, you mm-hmm. were saying and. You try to find
0: out like where or yes. what were the origins mm-hmm. of isang. So, okay. what do you find? Okay, now the very first thing is I'll come back to uh, Malaysia before I went to China. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some people might ask, "What is a Malay guy talking about isang?" Oh yeah, yeah, no. sure. <laughs> <laughs> actually, uh, in our mohibah spirit, actually we, especially Malays, actually we are very mixed. Um, there are uh, many. People who are called Malays, but actually they are of mixed blood. And my own grandmother is from China on my mother's side. And to make it even more interesting, she's actually Singaporean. Or she was. She has passed away, but Mm. um, uh, she was Singaporean. And um, now she was a bit different from the typical other uh, Malaysian Chinese. She was from the north whereas most of other our Malaysian Chinese are from the southern parts of China. And so she was, of course, the first person I asked about Yi Sang. And in, in a way, the typical northern fashion said, we don't have that in the north. You know, we northerners don't do that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first clue. Actually, it was a very valuable clue because it showed that um, it was not from northern China. I could rule that out completely. Okay, fine. So... Uh, when I went to China, I just to be safe, I did ask again if there's anything in northern China that has that kind of uh, uh, Yi tradition that we know of, and again, nobody said there was anything like that. Okay, so um, now in parts of southern China, for example, in the northern part of uh, Guangdong uh, province, um, there are some uh, smaller cities which are not Cantonese but actually Teochew, and they do have a tradition of dishes that are made with raw fish. Okay, so that's a bit of a clue there. Now, it's not isang, but at least it does show that um, there's something that to begin with. Okay, and so yes, um, uh, it goes back to a tradition of uh, a raw fish dish called kwai, okay, uh, with a K, kwai. And that raw fish dish um, has been around for, well, hundreds, maybe even, thousands of years. And um, at one point, it was even uh, popular for banquets in China. But again, it's not isang, It's not eaten in a tossed way. It was just nicely, uh, nicely sliced and served with condiments. Now, the reason why it has some significance is because when uh, the, um, the people from southern China migrated to Southeast Asia, and especially the Teochew and Cantonese, because in, in Guangdong province, they also had some kind of raw fish um, dishes. And again, this is nothing too, uh, too specific because, of course, you have sushi in Japan, you have uh, umai in Sarawak, which are all raw fish. Okay, that's fine. But um, um, when the, um, the southern Chinese arrived in, especially the Malay Peninsula and Singapore, okay, that memory of eating raw fish was already there meaning that you do need to have that cultural background to accept it. If not, the tradition would not grow. So fine. Well, some families have told me that they did have that raw fish dish every once in a while, especially for for certain occasions. But again, nothing like Isang. Now, um, what probably happened was um, when times were bad, okay, for example, after the depression of the nineteen late nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, and mm-hmm. again during and after World War Two, when times were bad, people uh, get more uh, thrifty with food, so they don't waste food. Okay, and um, uh, especially after Chinese New Year, okay, um, there, there is some leftover food here and there. Here okay, you have some yeah leftover fish. You have some leftover uh, vegetables that you had bought earlier in the week. And um, so, when um, you have these leftover dishes, okay, um, you you go back to your roots, and you you know you have a raw fish dish. So there's nothing wrong with with eating it raw because in a way cooks are too tired to cook much after Chinese <laughs> New Year. know so it's a very practical thing. Uh-huh. That's what I was told from these few families that I interviewed as well here. And um, so, the few days after Chinese New Year, uh, people just chop it up, you know. And um, on top of that, there is a tradition of um, back in China, which I, I discovered as well when I was doing my research of um, the seventh day after Chinese New Year, being uh, supposedly the time, according to mythology, when um, the goddess uh, Nuwa, or Nuo created humans uh, from, from earth or from clay. And uh, the original kwai dish was not just raw fish. it could have been raw um, other kind of other kinds of raw meats as well, which were only steamed to um, to allow it to be edible. But eventually fish did become more popular for uh, for two reasons. one again, another mythology that um, uh, life came from water and so fish comes from water so that's one. And the other thing is that, um, um, the uh, the southern Chinese who came are coastal Chinese, so they are familiar with with fish, the water, with right. and they eat a lot of fish. So fish became preferred compared to other meats. So with that, that tradition of um, of slicing and mixing the vegetables with um, the uh, raw or steamed fish came about uh, on the seventh day. Of Chinese New Year but of course today we eat it anytime Anytime. yeah even before yeah yeah. two weeks before until two weeks after (laughs) (laughs) we have Yisang (laughs) so so that's basically how it practically came about on a general basis Mm, Mm -hmm. yeah well that's really
1: interesting because it was only a few years ago Mm -hmm. that I discovered that actually Yisang isn't like a Uh, Something that was made or created in China and then brought Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. to Malaysia, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of blurry, like where Mm -hmm. it really came from and Mm -hmm. what. Uh, cultures resulted in this dish mm-hmm. but through research and looking at I mm-hmm. guess some of the annals of history you can kind of see mm-hmm. the links there and I just found it really interesting because all this while when I was young especially and I was tossing mm-hmm. I was like oh this is like a, such a Chinese thing Chi- mm-hmm. Chinese people everywhere must do this but no like <laughs> no. <laughs> when you talk to people in China in the <laughs> north especially yeah. like well oh, what is this I've never encountered this before mm. And uh, you mentioned in your article Mm -hmm. as well, one of the uh, uh, another piece of evidence that points to the history of or origins of Yisang is in the name as well, right? In the Mm -hmm. etymology, which we'll talk about right after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to Breaking Bread on BFM 89.9. And I've been speaking about Yisang with Naj Arifin. Welcome back to this special Chinese New Year episode of Breaking Bread I'm Jun and I've been speaking to Nudge Arifin About Yi Sang and the history and origins about Yi Sang And we're trying to uncover where this special dish came from So, before the mm-hmm. break we were speaking about how um, Yi Sang had major ties or links to mm-hmm. the uh, Teochew community and their dish called and Cantonese as well uh, And Cantonese mm-hmm. communities And this dish called uh, Kwai, right? And um one of the other pieces of evidence that mm-hmm. you you uh, wrote about in your article was about the
0: n- the name or the mm-hmm. etymology of mm-hmm. the dish itself right um yisang as we know it uh, of course yi or uh, i don't speak mandarin okay uh, no I'll help, yeah. the, oh, okay. I'll help you with the how you the mandarin part okay good. okay so yi Sang in
1: mandarin mm-hmm. is yu Sheng, right mm-hmm. which yes, yu sheng. means mm-hmm. raw Fish. Yes. Right. Or, okay. or rather, like fish raw. Well, fish f- raw. Yi yes. is fish. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. sheng is raw. And, and if I may add, um, the sang or the sheng has a slightly more, slightly deeper connotation than just raw. In a way, it also means raw life or raw purity. Mm. Yeah. So it's not just as in raw meat, you know, not right, that right. kind of thing. Although, that it, literally, it could be. But figuratively, it also means something that, uh, that uh, yeah, like advances it a little bit than just being raw fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, And um, with that, it establishes that uh, the, the fish element in the original kwai um, was the the element that um, overcomes even all the vegetables, okay. So, in a way, you you can have the sang uh, without the vegetables, but not without the fish, <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Or by extension, you can have it with other seafood as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you were saying how because if you.
1: I guess, translate the, mm-hmm. the naming convention to mm-hmm. Hokkien or Hakka mm-hmm. or, or these languages that are mm-hmm. also popular with Chinese communities yes. here in Malaysia, mm-hmm. they don't quite work, right? It only works yes. in like uh, mm-hmm. Cantonese when you say yisang, yeah. mm-hmm. Um or... Uh, which yeah. I I I don't speak, so I don't know what yeah, the <laughs> what the translation um, is. But you were saying how it's yeah. um, because mm. of those naming conventions, it actually points actually, to the history, yes.
0: right? Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Mm. Um, it's because of that um, that Yi Sang, the the actual Cantonese form of it, became popular. So that was an an indication that it was uh, that it began to be popularized from the. Um, Guangdong community, which included Teochew as well. In the north, there were Teochew. And so that is a part of the uh, the convention that showed that it is from that that part of China, which, although the the way of eating it was not their mm-hmm. tradition, mm-hmm. but when it came to Malaya at that time, and I think to be fair, Malaya and Singapore, yeah, because we, we were one and socially we still are. Actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to Malaya and Singapore, that um, that overall feel of raw fish, and then uh, the shared uh, suffering of um, uh, the war, for example, you know, and how people needed to be thrifty, and yet they wanted to celebrate. And so, on the seventh day of Chinese New Year, they would see whatever food that they still had left over, and they would actually um, make the best of it. So, in a way, it's a very a very natural thing. You know, it wasn't something that um, was invented by just one person okay uh, so there was a whole culture that drove it towards being popularized mm. but later on yes you could start pointing out to individual restaurants and individual cooks or chefs mm. or restaurant owners who began to popularize it mm. and I, there is one <clears> throat> particular throat> restaurant in Seremban yes, that
1: yeah, yeah that people always credit mm-hmm. uh for Popularizing Yi Sang,
0: right? <laughs> yes. Um, and what, what was the name okay. of the uh, guy? Lok Cheng Fat. Lok Cheng Fat, yes. Yeah. So, um, and this, uh, I was pleased to find that um, uh, after I'd written my article, um, I wrote my article in uh, 2010. So, it was after that that this uh, story um, became popular. So, of course, the family knew that all the time. But I think, if I understand correctly, um, the, the family and the heirs uh, started to Bring out their, their evidence and story after the little you know friendly feud between Malaysia and Singapore <laughs> on who started it. Uh, so the point is, and um, uh, foodies on both sides acknowledge that you can't pinpoint the actual origins of uh, the way it's eaten to just one uh, one person or just one restaurant. But it's fair that um, uh, Lok Cheng Kee, the name of the restaurant, was one of, if not the first place where this form became popular. okay, And even then, as admitted by the family themselves, um, it was an evolution. Uh, again, it was an evolution. Now, Lok Cheng Fat, he did use the uh, the mythology and the stories of Chinese New Year and the Seventh Day Renri, the Birthday of Humanity, uh, as part of how to market and how to popularise the dish that he Uh, that he did, which, again, was based on uh, the popular culture that was already uh, being available around him. But um, as per the book, there's actually a book uh, written by the family uh, regarding this, in which um, initially, when it was served in the restaurant, and it was very popular then, the servers, the waiters, which would actually be the ones who would help to mix it, Okay, so they would bring the ingredients, they would put one by one, and then they explain what the significance of this was, significance of that was, and then they' put in the sauce and then they mix it around. But uh, the interesting thing was that um, the um, the patrons were impatient. and so they took their own chopsticks and started helping the waiters to toss it, you know, everything. And it evolved um, in such a way that the um, the patrons, would would as they would do that, you know, they'd say, "Oh, I wish I this or I wish that," and so it became part of the culture as well to um, to make your wishes mm, yeah. as you're doing that, and the practice spreads quickly to other restaurants um, in in the area. Of course, when something is uh, successful, you know, other people will quickly quickly emulate it, and then they have their own little sub traditions um, around it. So. Um, uh, it's quite safe to say that uh, in a commercial manner, uh, Lok Cheng Kee restaurant was uh, until anybody says they oh, are right. earlier. At the moment, we can say that yeah, you know, that's the the right. earliest one that commercialized it. Mm. Although, as we know, um, individual families did already have the the dish already, and yes, they did. Uh, use their chopsticks to mix it together. Maybe not in a (laughs) Mm. low-hay, high-tossing kind of way yet, but um, the genesis was there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And while the uh, action
1: and the ingredients that goes Mm -hmm. into uh, uh, traditional yisang has, I guess, stayed pretty much the same over Mm -hmm. the years, like recently, Mm -hmm. we've been seeing a lot of uh, modern interpretations of of uh, oh, yes. an yisang right? and people <laughs> putting things that you don't normally find mm-hmm. in the yisang they're putting it in there mm-hmm. like the other day I went to a restaurant mm-hmm. um, and they had like strawberries and grapes in the oh, yisang oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well it's the in thing now to try and hybridize or mm-hmm. to try and fusionize you know all kinds of things I wouldn't be surprised if cheese is added whatever oh. <laughs> you cheesify everything these days even nasi lemak is. I guess, oh, I, guess when, I guess when you toss it, it will, you can see. Like, yeah. The cheese well, being pulled. What, right? what kind of cheese? Yeah, what kind of cheese? I don't cheese? think they'll work with cheddar cheese. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. Um, and that's all part of the pressure of commercialization mm. these days, where you always want to do something new so that people will come. Right, uh, yeah. Um, we accept it as part of modern commercialism. And uh, sometimes it can be very interesting, sometimes it can be downright. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but do you yeah, do
1: you personally have any um, mm-hmm. fond memories
0: of particularly mm-hmm. interesting Yi sangs that you've tossed? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I remember one year, I think it was two thousand sixteen, where um, it turned out into not a food fight, but um, a food shower <laughs> because everybody was so exuberant you know right. tossing things around and I got I got salmon in my hair and you know that kind of thing um, and then but, when you go home you find like radish in yeah, your shirt <laughs> 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 but it was it was fun, and um, we we picked up you know the food that we could from our our clothes and, and ate it actually. Mm. So so that was fun. Mm. Yeah. But that's a common gripe that people have. It's like
1: isang is mm-hmm. usually more about the action itself and the significance yeah. of the dish mm-hmm. rather than the taste. Yeah, and actually yes, a lot of people exactly. don't mm-hmm. really like the the
0: taste of yeah. isang. Do you the like taste, the taste? of it? Um, I certainly don't mind it. Um, okay, put it this way. Yes, in in a way this is very significant. I would not eat ye sang alone. Mm, you, you no, it is. Mean? A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. enjoy I it very much agree. when it's eaten together. Even though the taste is nothing out of this world. I mean, you know, it's 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 fine. Um, but when you eat it together, then it tastes better. <laughs> mm. okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a
1: great note mm-hmm. to wrap mm-hmm. things up at. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you go. Mm-hmm. That speaks to the communal spirit of mm-hmm. this particular Chinese New Year dish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope all you listeners out there will have plenty of Yisang this year. And um, yes. happy, happy Chinese New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming by today, Narj. Most welcome. That's all we have for this week's show. To listen to more episodes, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or visit our website at www.bfm.my. And if you're hungry for more recipes or some funky food writing, you can find us on my blog at jenantonic.com. That's J-U-N-A-N-D-T-O-N-I-C.com. Happy Chinese New Year, everyone. And at risk of sounding like a Chinese radio station, 祝大家新年快乐,年年有余. <laughs> I'm Jun, and you've been listening to Breaking Brent on BFM
0: 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.